Hi, welcome to Give Me One Reason. I am Kathy Taylor, and I am excited to introduce to you some beautiful people on this podcast, people that are brave enough to talk to me regarding their feelings and thoughts on faith and doubt. Thank you for joining in. Welcome to Give Me One Reason today. I am Kathy Taylor. It has been a while since I have done a recording. I'm sorry for those of you who have um, been listening to my recent ones. I am sorry it's taken me so long. Life is crazy and COVID is unpredictable. So I am happy though to bring to you today a young man named Bobby Mann. And I would like to welcome him to the show. Welcome, Bobby. Hello. I just want to make sure, Bobby, if we are recording and it looks like we are. Cool. Um, yes, we are. Okay. All right. Um, for some reason, when you gave your speech and you talked about a time when you were at your best, yep. I wrote a note that said, ask this young man to podcast with you and see if he'd be interested. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can't remember why I asked you because I have chemo brain, as I've told my students. And my memory's bad, but um, I just you just intrigued me as somebody who's really engaged and has something to say about things, and mm-hmm. I just thought I want to talk to that young man. So yeah, I think I think the reason why was because um, at, when I did my at my best speech, I I needed to explain why the present now Bobby Mann was at his best, and mm-hmm. I had to go into my past mm. and kind of explain my story with God, mm. and I think that was the big one where you wrote your note yes, down. Yes, that's probably what it was, yes. And I, personally, my my whole story with God and everything and about learning just who I am has really kind of been enlightening for me, mm-hmm. and it all, it just, everything kind of, I think, has a has a reason and a purpose and I don't know it just like looking back on my life like I really have realized where God was and I think that was the big thing that you probably so saw. are you raised are you you're a Christian then you yes did, okay were you raised a Christian or in your home or your Christian home and so how my parents did everything was when we were little you know I was baptized and everything mm-hmm. but um, as soon as I started wrestling and tournaments were on Sundays, my family stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. So religion wasn't like super huge in my house. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, we went to Christmas mm-hmm. and did all that kind of thing. But to be honest, I never really was super religious and never really went to church till my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all my parents are Christian too, but we weren't really like super strong or really talked mm-hmm. about it too much. Never really did grace at dinner or anything like that yeah yeah so what happened in your junior year of high school that made you so it all it all kind of started um i'd have to say i'd have to say when i was when i was three years old i 
I, uh, it all just events in my life, you know, I, I blamed God for. So when I was, when I was younger, um, we, we adopted, uh, a kid and he was my niece's son and, or my dad's niece's son. And he, like, she went to jail for ODing and everything and she mm -hmm. was on drugs a lot and we took in the kid and when we got him, his name was Nathan, he, he was malnourished and everything mm -hmm. and like we really brought up him back and like got him going again. Wow. And then a few years later, he was kind of like taken from us. The mom wanted custody of mm -hmm. him back and she won and mm -hmm. he was taken and then we never really saw him again or whatever, only oh. for her to OD seven years later and pass away from it. Oh. So just a lot of devastating things oh. happened in my life. And a few years after that in middle school, I went through a lot of death in my family. Mm -hmm. Just uh, like all my grandparents were dying within like two years. Mm -hmm. I had all three family cats pass away during mm -hmm. these years of middle school, a great uncle, and mm -hmm. just a lot of death and, and hardship. And I was going through bullying at school had a really bad teacher who would like tell the kids at daycare to like kick me or whatever and stuff like that or whip basketballs at me in a corner. Just a lot of things bad were happening and I blamed God for a lot of it. I was like, mm -hmm. why is why is this all happening to me? You know, like why are you taking these people from me? And because I never really understood religion a whole lot, mm -hmm. I just, I had this kind of weird mindset of who God was and I never really understood him either mm -hmm. so it was kind of odd for me but I just I blamed him a lot and I just blamed him instead of instead of I just blamed him for every every death that happened every bad mm -hmm. thing that happened and it was kind of toxic and some of the things you know like I I am responsible for you know God is not responsible mm -hmm. for everything and, and it, I kind of and looking back on all those experiences, like I, I can see how God was trying to make me stronger, mm -hmm. you know, because I feel like now that I've went through all those experiences, like it really showed me who I am. And I went through a lot of like self-discovery, like throughout my whole life, I've always been kind of kind of fighting, not only my internal battles, but like external, like I've wrestled my whole life and mm -hmm. that was a huge part and I have, gone through so much with that like I went to this boot camp it was really boot camp for wrestling called J-Rob it was the hardest thing I've ever mm -hmm. done mm -hmm. it was like a month being flown I was flown to Oregon uh, freshman year mm -hmm. you know I was just still pretty much a child a kid mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. not knowing anything about the world and you know I went through that camp where three practices a day you know a, a 12 mile run at the end there was this point mm -hmm. system where if you didn't get enough points uh, you couldn't graduate with the I did it shirt. You, uh, mm. or you could get sent home if you didn't have enough points and everything. And there's like a point system. And if you tried hard enough, you could gain. But if you didn't, you would lose. And that was just, I've just, it was such a defining moment. Like really taught me hard work and stuff. Mm. But I always, I always, you know, when I was there, I didn't appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I got through it and that really, made my character to this well I bet you were really proud of yourself too yeah to do something like that super and so when you're young and you're blaming God for these things like did anybody say you know Bobby and we live in a world that's falling apart and 
God doesn't necessarily like reach down and take this one from you and that one from you or did they offer you an explanation or did did you say, well, it was God's will or? I, I always internalized it. I never. Oh, you didn't talk about it? I didn't talk about it. And this is where, sure. This is where kind of my story got kind of bad or whatever, Mm -hmm. because all these bad things are happening, like the bullying thing. Yeah. And I told my mom about that when the teacher got fired. But as far as like what was bothering me, like all those deaths, um, just the hardships of my of my life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really didn't speak about it. Um, and just like self identity issues too, because uh, with also wrestling, like the reason why I was sent to J Rob was to, you know, to just try to be better. And I was always mm-hmm. trying to be like my grandpa, mm-hmm. who was an Olympic, who went to the Olympics for wow. wrestling. Wow. And he was really talented. And yeah. I would always have refs come up and tell me yeah. what a great guy he was and how I'm so much like him. So I was kind of wrestling and trying to be this impossible guy. Did that feel like a lot of pressure? Yes. And it was a lot of pressure, but then again, I didn't really talk about it or whatever. Mm. I just really tried to strive for it. Mm. Um, Did you lose that, Grandpa? Yes, before I was born. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was just this mythical guy, kind of, pretty much, you know, who I didn't know I was trying to be, like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really talk about the hardships of my life until it all kind of really came down my kind of junior year or whatever on me mm-hmm. and you know I started talking about it with my one friend and she was like you know I, th- I think you need some Jesus in your life and I was like mm-hmm. okay whatever you know and then she yeah. brought me to church in our hometown and that is where I met uh, a super influential guy named Abe mm-hmm. and Abe was he was probably the person who made me kind of really a believer in Christ because mm-hmm. he is so interesting. Like he spent 20 years of his life trying to disprove the Bible and he couldn't. Wow. Like he, interesting. And I, he answered every single question. I sat down with him for probably like t- three hours just asking him questions about life and everything. And he really answered a lot. He's such a smart guy and his, his family grew up super religious and he was like, I don't want any part of this. So I'm going to try to disprove it. And 20 years later, like he couldn't. So he came to the conclusion. And he was really interesting listening to him and about about God and everything. And that kind of set me on my journey of kind of self-discovery and, you know, like really talking about my problems and Mm -hmm. being able to just be okay with myself. And the things that, understanding the things that happened Mm -hmm. were were just a fact of life. And that I can't blame anyone for what what has happened Mm -hmm. because... I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk a lot about a lot of the because, like, I didn't. I didn't want to think that my life was necessarily bad or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I kind of realized, like, it's okay. Like, you know, bad things in life do happen, and that's acceptable. And yeah, and it's okay to be mad about it. And, yeah, and angry and hurt and grieve and have all these human emotions. Yeah, I think sometimes I, you know, I grew up Christian too, and it's like, I think sometimes we're taught that Jesus makes everything better and you know bad things won't happen or but but that's not true it's kind of like sets us up for um a crisis of faith because you're like okay if he has all this power why didn't he step in so he must not like me or must be mad at me or whatever you know Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes it's false advertising because we live in a shitty world pardon my french that but bugs bite weeds grow yeah people get cancer people die accidents happen there's so much we don't understand and I, it's hard to know, you know, a personal God that's 
intricately involves so much, if we say that, which I have all my life, then I have to understand, well, then why, why? What are you trying to teach me, right? Mm -hmm. But I do know hardship does make us stronger. Yes. You know, right? When we struggle, you know that old saying, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yep. Right? No matter how. And I'm sure your, your uh, boot camp, similar to a basic training, mm -hmm. you know, you go a new recruit in the army, it's like, I'm going to die, right? Yeah, Every right. morning at four o'clock, my son was a drill sergeant. So I can only imagine what people go through. But then by the end, the pride that you feel that... You overcame all these really bad things. I know. Mm -hmm. And it helps to, like, shape who you are as a person. Yes, definitely. And it mm -hmm. definitely made me into a stronger person. That mm -hmm. experience alone. Mm -hmm. Like, I came out of that camp feeling, like, a total badass. Like, yeah, I, I, I really bet. did. I even bet. though that was some... A Believe little, me now, little dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, I could do anything, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, that really... That really put a lot of, like, confidence in myself. Yeah. But it was also a little bit negative, too, because I I now had the pressure that because I went to this such great camp oh, that I should be this amazing wrestler. Yeah. yeah. And that year, yeah. my sophomore year, was the only year I didn't go to state oh, for wrestling was because okay. I had that pressure yeah. that I'm supposed to be this mm -hmm. ultimate. Mm -hmm. And like your grandpa. Yeah, like my grandpa. Yeah, but yeah. And just mm -hmm. kind of realizing that I, I was reaching for an impossible bar yeah really like set the tone like mm -hmm. I, I I I know I am good at wrestling but it is not entirely me or whatever mm -hmm. and you know that's okay and you know I don't have to be like this impossible guy mm -hmm. um, and that's not your whole identity right you're yes. not just Bobby the wrestler no you're, and that yeah. was another thing yeah was I, I that's how that's all I was known for in my school mm. Even though I did so many other things, like mm. I was class president, mm -hmm. I literally saved our prom. Like mm -hmm. I fundraised it with my vice president, like almost all of it did a nice chili cook-off wow. for my community and everything. Yeah. And it was just something I wasn't known for. Because you're still Bobby the Wrestler. Yes. Yeah. Huh. And that was kind of a big self-identity issue yeah. that yeah. I, I faced in college recently. Yeah. And that's why I decided that I wasn't going to do wrestling this year. Wow. It was because I wanted to strive and do something else with my yeah. life. So here I am, joining a fraternity and joining oh, DECA and joining all these things okay. that are so unlike me. Foreign to you. Yes. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. I just had my initiation yesterday into oh, the fraternity. And that was super awesome and yeah. amazing. I joined Phi, Phi uh, Delta Theta. Yeah. And, uh, and you made it through your initiation? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But it was really, really fun and different, and I never experienced that. And mm -hmm. through all these things that I'm learning about myself, like, I, I see God in, you know? Mm -hmm. And I wrote to myself, I have a journal, mm -hmm. and I wrote before I came to college, like, all the things that I hope to achieve. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I like to open it yeah. after bed and, and look and see. I'm really shaping into who I want to be, and... Beautiful. I'm making all these friends, you know, because mm -hmm. I, 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 I knew no one when I came here. Hmm. And now I have all these people who love me for who Is I am. Is this your first semester here? Yes. Wow. I'm glad you feel that way even this semester because it's right? such a ghost town here. It's like so different than normal, you know, mm -hmm. because of COVID and stuff. And I have to say before I went to college and before I became a professor, actually, I really had that bad stereotype about fret. 
fraternities and frat boys and stuff. I, you know, it was the movie, The Animal House, and the, yep. right. And I just thought they were naughty partiers who just did pranks. And wow, I have met so many people in fraternities and had them as students, where they're not only are they really smart and their grade point averages are over and above normal or average, but they're doing community service. I didn't yep. realize like how many wonderful things fraternities do do for the oh, community yeah. here in Whitewater, especially. Mm -hmm. So. And they care about each other, and they try to keep each other accountable, and um, that's always a good thing, you know? Yeah. Somebody else to spar you on and stuff. And I really think this was a big step for me, because yeah. no one no one from my hometown probably ever expected me to yeah. join a fraternity. Like, that's yeah. so outlandish, because I was always yeah. Bobby the Wrestler, and for me to abandon that identity and be creating this new, mm -hmm. beautiful one is really cool. And what I'm most excited about is that I'm running for the philanthropy chair, which is like uh, doing fundraising and everything, yeah. which is something that I wanted to be known for in my high school, like doing the chili yeah. cook-off. So yeah. now I am in charge of making all these events for yeah. fundraising and my ideas can constantly spiral. That's why, mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I have an entrepreneurship degree is because my, my head is always thinking mm -hmm. of ideas and everything. Mm -hmm. And it is really cool to, to start actually like using those ideas because... I mean, I, I, didn't, I did in high school, but not as much. Mm -hmm. And now it's really cool to really be exploring that and creating all these fundraisers ideas to help my community mm -hmm. and fun things to do that our campus has never done. And That's beautiful. And you know what I'm hearing, too, is you at a young age, how old are you? 18. 18. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I, I hear you reinventing yourself. Like, you yes. are purposely reinventing who Bobby Mann is. Yes. And I think that's beautiful because I didn't do that till my 40s. And um, if you would have told me in my early 40s, I'd be a professor or you go to college or like, no, I've just been this stay-at-home mom with all these things. I raise my kids. And they'll go to college, not me. And it's like I have found in the last 10 years of my life this new vision for like like podcasting. Who would think why? Who? Yeah. What middle-aged woman's going to be a podcaster, you know? And it's it's just amazing how if you set out to reinvent yourself, mm -hmm. the universe, God, whoever conspires yep. to give opportunity to do it, mm -hmm. and your gifts make room for you, like they become recognized. And um, how awesome that you were doing fundraising in high school, and then now you see that could be your main focus here, you know? Yes. And then that's direct application to the business world or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, in marketing. And, exactly. Um, I, I've always been told that I have the entrepreneurship mindset, always yeah. creating ideas and yeah. everything. Yeah. And that's something that I, I didn't get a whole lot to explore mm -hmm. in high school, too. Mm -hmm. I always think of my life as high school, and then this is kind of like the rest of it, all my mm -hmm. college career, because... Looking back at my high school, it was just a mess. It really was a big mess of mm -hmm. self-identity, all these bad things happening. I used to think mm -hmm. I was such a bad luck charm. Mm -hmm. Like, all these deaths were happening mm -hmm. and all these unfortunate... Like or something. Yeah, all these mm -hmm. unfortunate events. And now that I'm kind of rediscovering myself and actually connecting with God, mm -hmm. then despiting Him it has made me into, I think, a happier person. And yes, there are things in my life that, that you know, go bad and sour and stuff like that, and, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I just know that all my... Even though my past is messy, 
it it really has made me made me stronger for everything that mm -hmm. I can face now. Like all the people who have wronged me in the past, like I know mm -hmm. I now know the difference between good and bad people. Mm. You know, and I So I really, you learned something. Yes, they taught you through things. everything. Yes. They taught you valuable lessons. Yes. Yeah. People come into your life for two reasons, love and lessons. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be romantic love. It can be love oh, as absolutely. in friendship and yep. Yep. love and lessons are the only those are the two reasons people come to your life. Thank you, Bobby. I've heard similar things of that, but not quite so succinct, succinctly. They said that's really lovely. Yeah. Very true. Um, yeah, and you're only 18, so it's kind of amazing. I, I know. Think. I really think my past has made my mind mature a lot. Yeah, you didn't seem... I didn't think you were 18. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, and two, you know, when we're in high school, junior high, when we're really young, like... The world seems, all these things seem so important, you know, and then you become an adult and you realize that little world you lived in, you're this whole huge, you don't need to be defined by that thing, yes. you know, and um, you get to start over. Like, so people who meet you now, they don't even know that you were a wrestler or you're not, they're not identifying. You just like, you get to show who you are to them today. Exactly. And that's, that's a gift. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's what I really think was important because growing up in my small town uh, mm -hmm. there were there was like i think i think a uh, 106 people were in my graduating class like yeah that's pretty small it is yeah. pretty small yeah and just to be in that little bubble and now yeah. open up to college yeah has really i think it's really enlightened my mind because like my black culture class yeah that class has made me rethink everything about the black community because mm -hmm. you know growing up in small white country town yeah. or whatever yeah. you know you yeah you're, you're not really expressed. You're you not shown the black community. No, yep, you're not yep. shown that at all. And same thing with uh, gays and everything mm -hmm. like that. Like, mm -hmm. I think I only encountered one gay person before mm -hmm. college. Mm -hmm. And then I come to college, and one of my best friends is asexual. And my other best friend is bisexual, and I have a, a gay best friend, too. And they just learned about a couple of days ago. They're in my fraternity. And I was like, like whoa, like... Yeah. And usually in a, in, a, in that kind of small town, you had a negative connotation yeah. to yeah. that because it was just how you were raised and you didn't see it a lot. So you mm -hmm. thought it was weird. But now I come to college and I'm like, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, just just come to college and, and love everyone and, you know, just express yourself like that. You know, and I think that's kind of amazing how I've really been enlightened by by college. You know, I'm like out of this bubble. I feel like and even talking to people mm -hmm. from my from my town is so different because they're still in that mindset or whatever mm -hmm. and I'm like you don't even know like there's there's a whole nother world out here like you're... even you tell people that even because they've been in a bubble you know yeah it's funny I teach cross-cultural communications and um I have them watch we have like LGBTQ week or Hispanic black American black Americans um Native American and uh I had that 30 days by Morgan Spurlock. Do you remember that guy who supersized me? He ate McDonald's yes, for 30 yes. days. So he does this show. It's very dated now. It's like about 10 years old. But he takes people and he puts them in a different environment for 30 days. So he takes this small town southern guy, Jesus-loving, gun-toting white guy. But um, puts him in the Castro District, which is the gayest place in the United States in San Francisco. And um, before he leaves, you know, his family prays over him and don't help. Nobody tries to hit on you. And, you know, and he has all these ideas of what gay people are like, what gay life is like. And 
And after 30 days, he's blown away. And when he goes home, this is what reminded me, they're like, oh, I hope nobody tried to hit on you. And he's like, it's not like that. Yeah. They're just people. Mm-hmm. Like me. Yep. And it's not like that. And he's he's so offended by the way they're acting. And he's like, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that way 30 days ago. And you could see in his heart he wanted his family to be as enlightened as he was. But that's, you know, we always don't, until we come in contact with somebody of a different culture or a different race, we, we hear these things our whole life. We think that's what it is. And then we're confronted with it personally. All of a sudden, wow, I like them. They're my friend. Wait, and they're gay? Yep. Oh, but you're not what I was taught. Or you're black. Or you're mm-hmm. Hispanic. Or it's it's just mind-blowing how yes. just being exposed to things different than we are yep. um, is so good for us. Super. And, like, that's exactly the same situation. Like, mm-hmm. when I told my friends that from my hometown, they're like, oh, I hope you didn't hit on yeah, you. Yeah. Same thing. And yeah. I'm like, no, like, you really don't yeah. understand. And that's and that's weird. And same thing, actually, with, like, because my whole, my whole hometown was all Republican, uh-huh. and they would think, like, Democrats are all, like, Evil. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And and I get to school and like literally all my friends are Democrats. Yeah, yeah. And And you're still friends. Yeah, and there's there's they're they're not crazy. They just have a different view and that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how the small town mentality, that little mm-hmm. bubble of beliefs mm-hmm. and then you go out into the real world mm-hmm. and it's crazy how enlightened you are. Like I, I want all my friends to to Really, I think co- the college experience is that enlightenment mm-hmm. of different people and cultures because I'm like, you need to go out and mm-hmm. see this because... Get out of your bubble. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, I'll even, like, I'll even, like, they'll be having a discussion or whatever and I'll point in and say, like, like some, like, a small town mentality, you know, they think, oh, oh black people aren't repress- oppressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning all this stuff in my... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, class, I'm reading this book about evicted about black oppression in mm-hmm. in housing and mm-hmm. how it's institutionalized, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, no, you're wrong. And then I say my point, and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, like, why would you say that now? Like, you never used to believe that mm-hmm. before because you were you're in that small mentality. But once you once well, and you got new information, exactly. Right? And it, and you know, we should as responsible when we get new information, we should adjust ourselves. Yes. Do you remember Veggie Tales? We were raised with Veggie Tales. Yeah. The, Bob the tomato and Larry yep. the cucumber. So I ran across a video not long ago, and the guy is the voice of Bob the tomato. So and he's white, and he gave a 15 minute video about institutionalized racism in the America, and I honestly made a judgment call. A he's Christian and he's white. And he's veggie tails. It's probably going to be like, it's not a thing. They're not oppressed. Oh, my gosh. He just went through it and built a case about oppression. And where institute, and he went into dates and information and facts and the housing thing. And when they couldn't get mortgages and how they still struggle yeah. getting mortgages. And how it's like unbelievable the factual timeline he gave over the last 400 years of our, our history. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked, it was, I liked that it was Bob the Tomato because it was like, yeah. no way, you got to listen, it's Bob the Tomato. Because I could share with people who were Christians and that was a frame of reference and made something for them, meant something. And um, I respected that he did that. But yeah, it is, it is funny. I guess I'd, I'd love to ask you, so I have this optimistic belief that your generation will not be as divided 
or as afraid of people that aren't like you. I see my generation, I'll be 57 this month. I see that, generally speaking, we're so divided. And if somebody doesn't think like us, look like us, or act like us, we're pretty much, nope. Mm -hmm. And I see that since being a college professor and interacting with people that, oh, I have a Muslim friend. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Or I have a gay friend. Or it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, it's like, and you guys aren't also, you're really turned off by the hatred back and forth. Are, are you, or how do you feel about that? So I was actually talking about a similar thing in my black culture class today. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how I see it. So during the 90s and 2000s, the millennial age, mm -hmm. there was a direct, a direct dislike towards the people the other generations they didn't all millennials did not want to be like their parents mm -hmm. it was all you know f you mommy oh, i'm gonna mm -hmm. go do my own thing and then things like punk rock punk rock came mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. uh hip-hop mm -hmm. and all these different things that are like millennials are like we're gonna be our own people and do our own thing like voices of a counterculture like, yes yep. and not mm -hmm. want to be like our parents yeah and part of that is not being racist and i mm -hmm. think that our generation is is the start of the end of mm -hmm. racism mm -hmm. and oppression. And yes, there will still be stuff like that, but just be, just because I'm in classes like the black culture class and stuff like that, like that education is, which is what people need. Yeah. Is breaks, breaks that mentality. Like the small town mentality, like all those kids are still with their parents and growing up there so they still have maybe racist 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 views that they get from their parents mm -hmm. or things mm -hmm. like that or like they don't like gays or whatever because they get it from their parents but as soon as they branch out and get away from that mm -hmm. is when you realize that there's a bigger world and you should just accept people and then you mm -hmm. become your own person that breakaway and I think is the most important part and that that's what I think our generation about all mm -hmm. millennials we like we broke away from all those generations. We didn't. We don't want to be like our parents, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's pretty empowering that we want to be our own our own people in a and sense. You, you kind of want to do it better. Yes, and we don't want to repeat it. No, no, that's that is beautiful. Um, do you see a place then for gay people in Christianity? Do you see like in your your way of um, thinking or? younger version of Christianity is it inclusive of gays then? Do you see that God loves them and I always, died for them too? Or? I always see it if you accept that Jesus died for your sins mm -hmm. before you die it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like God will love you because Jesus Jesus sacrificed himself mm -hmm. for our sins and gay being gay by the Bible's terms is mm -hmm. a sin mm -hmm. and because Jesus died for that and made the ultimate sacrifice, I think God still still loves you and Jesus still loves you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is the most important part of religion, of Christian religion, is love. Mm -hmm. And to be loved and accepted by all despite, you know, what you've what you've done. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I think anything that is done for loving reasons mm -hmm. is okay. Even if like for instance, uh, murder, murder, 
you if you murder someone, you know, like out of out of a spite and you're just a serial killer, like that is, that's inherently evil. But if someone is trying to attack you mm-hmm. and you're defending your five year old child and mm-hmm. you 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 kill someone, that's an eye for an eye. But you did that action mm-hmm. out of love and pr- protection of your child. Mm-hmm. And I think that is has to do a similar thing for mm-hmm. gay marriage and being gay because you're doing it out of love like you mm-hmm. genuinely love the person mm-hmm. and I think that is accepted yeah and if we look at you know because somebody more hardcore about it will be but the Bible says but the Bible also says in those same views and those same scriptures like to not mix fabrics you know to not plant two crops to not eat shrimp you know most Christians I know nobody wants to give up shrimp you know so it's yeah. like so it's like I, I believe in my opinion, a, a lot of the scripture was interpreted in, in terms of the culture of the day. Yes. And Jesus himself, in my opinion, defied all those rules and standard when he came back. And, you know, you weren't supposed to, the woman at the well that was unclean, nobody was supposed to be with her, or lepers, or prostitutes, tax collectors. You know, he hung out with those people. He broke all these rules. Mm-hmm. And then I always wondered too when I was little, and I always heard that there were certain people that weren't included. But then they would tell me Jesus died for all of our sin, all of it. Yes. All of it. And I go, but all of it? Well, yeah, if you this, and as long as it's not that, and but not that because the Bible says, and I struggle with that as a little girl. Like, is doesn't all mean all? If it's true, all means all. Yeah. And um. You know, it's funny because heterosexual people can be in a relationship because of sin. Meaning, this is just coming to me. So, like, it could be for a simple reason, like lust or uh, trying to gain advantage over that person, or rape, or power, or do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think sin is a heart issue, not a uh, a marriage issue of two people that love each other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, yes, like exploitive. So, I'm saying, like, yes, right, and you know, people people do that and Mm -hmm. that is part of sin and i i just believe that jesus died for Mm -hmm. all our sins and as long as we know that before Mm -hmm. death you know that we will go to heaven and be okay Mm -hmm. um does it bother you about the people that don't know that or they've been told of a god who's just vengeful and they don't want that god so they said i don't i don't want god you know um do you ever lose sleep over that or think about that or what about people who've never heard? Not, I think, I think people who have never been exposed to, to mm-hmm. God, like, I think there's somewhere in the Bible, I remember hearing this, that, like, if you didn't know, mm-hmm. like, truly didn't know, that then you were forgiven. you're not accountable. Yes. Or you're not accountable for that knowledge. Yes. I know, I heard one time, it wasn't really a joke, but it was a story, this guy goes to a missionary, you know, or is a missionary to this tribe who, um, was like, no, they didn't want to accept the gospel. And then um, he said, but no, I, I've told you, you need to respond because now you're accountable for, well, what about if you never would have came? Well, then God wouldn't have held you accountable for that because you didn't know. Then they'll go, well, why are you telling us then? Mm-hmm. You know, endangering yeah. us spiritually for, you know, it's interesting. But um, Yes, and there's a lot of nitpicks that you can pick apart. A lot of, uh, so much, like in any book, you know. Yes. And I've, I believe that, I believe that God is real, but I believe he 
reveals himself in the weirdest of ways. Like he doesn't need the Bible to do it. He can, he used for me one time a Goodwill Hunt the Goodwill Hunting movie with Robin Williams and Matt Damon. I know it's old and I'm I'm an old lady, so there was a point where Robin Williams was hugging Matt Damon and they're both weeping and, and he goes, It's not your fault. And it was like God himself was telling Kathy, it's not your fault. You know, and it was like I have felt moved to tears and felt the spirit of truth rise up inside of me and resonate with something that somebody said. Just as powerful as a verse or even more powerful sometimes, you know. And I've also heard preachers say things that I knew in my heart were bullshit. You know, especially some of the TV guys, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, I think God is bigger than our Bible. Mm -hmm. And he's bigger than our ideas, you know, and he'll use what any path he can to minister to us there was a movie or a book first called the shack i don't know did you ever read it i heard about it and i'm one of those people if everybody tells me to do something i'm not going to do it because i'm kind of a rebel so if everybody likes it i probably won't and it took me like five years to read it people were giving me copies i wouldn't read it actually to be honest i didn't read it i just remembered but they made it into a movie mm-hmm. and i recommend the movie and it's called the shack and it's a man who's struggling he had this horrific thing happen in his life with his daughter and he struggling with I hate God you know why why do I suffered like this and in the movie God is a black woman and it's really bizarre and then the, when it came out as a movie it got all kinds of controversy and flack by the church so I was like ooh, now I want to see it okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so I watched it and the whole beautiful reason why God was a black woman was the man had such issues of anger with his father and to think of God being a father it would have been a straight up fuck you. Okay? Mm, so in yeah. the movie, God came to him in the form of a black woman. And when he was a little boy and going through things as a little kid, there was a, la- a neighbor who was a black lady that would take care of him and nurture him. And it was really beautiful. He could receive God through the lens of a nurturing black woman. But there was a line in there that really stuck with me. He's talking to her and he says... um, So is it true then that all roads lead to you? And the Jesus guy or whatever, because he finally turns into a Jesus. It's kind of bizarre. He says, no, some roads lead nowhere. But I will travel any road to find you. And my heart just melted because it was like, that's the Jesus that I know. He's not as worried about us believing in him as much as he wants us to know he believes in us. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, yes. it's like, it was so beautiful, and I was so glad I saw it, you know? Yes. Does that does that resonate with you? Yeah, a lot, because you're right, and to me, to me, God, you know, I mean, if you really think about the universe and everything, the Big Bang, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I think whatever, like, scientists say, oh, okay, it's the Big Bang, but besides that, they don't know. Mm-hmm. I say anything that can create... The universe, and there's evidence that the universe was created. Anything that can do that, I would consider God. Mm-hmm. So that is why God is, like, super true to me. But, um, yeah, that does resonate with me because I feel like God really comes into your life when you need him to. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've had situations where I have really been at rock bottom or whatever, and just to come back from that and see God kind of sweep you on, underneath mm-hmm. his feet, you know, is really gifted. And you just have to kind of look around and have eyes to see yes Mm -hmm. and i noticed god because 
um, I had I had this one friend, and anytime we were ever upset with each other or mad at each other, I could literally see God bring us back together every mm-hmm. single time. And there's been moments where, like, I thought, like, you know, like, we really shouldn't have kept on being friends. Mm-hmm. But God has always done that. Like, I would be thinking about, say, an argument that I had with her in the car, and then I'm stopped there at my car, and then I look over, and she's right next to me in her wow, car. And wow. just, like, little moments like yeah. that. And we've always shared this kind of... I, I want to say it's like a universal connection. It's really mm-hmm. weird, really mm-hmm. weird. And just anything that we have kind of spoken into existence happens, and it's mm-hmm. really weird. Mm-hmm. And it's just these little weird things that God does. Like, one time, me... And this girl, it was her name is Taylor. That's like mm-hmm. my best friend. We were on a paddle boat, and we were going out and into the water, or whatever. And I was just like, "Oh, imagine, imagine if our boat breaks down." Like we were just we we're just kidding around, and then she's like, "Oh yeah." Then we're stranded out here, and my phone dies or something. At that exact moment, <laughs> the rudder of yeah. our paddle boat snapped off and sank to the bottom of the ocean, and Taylor was like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Like, we don't have any steering. Mm -hmm. And then she went to go call someone, and her phone died right then and there. Mm. And it was so weird, but I think think God did that just to, like, kind of bring us together or whatever and, like, Mm -hmm. just show us a bond or whatever. So, like, Mm -hmm. what we wound up doing is I I, uh, got out of the boat, and I acted like the rudder and mm. I steered mm. while she paddled the boat back mm. and it took us uh, an hour or so to get back and I was like I felt like an Olympic swimmer afterwards mm. I was so tired but it was just such a weird thing to speak into an existence and have mm. it happen mm-hmm. and other things like that have also happened like mm-hmm. like we needed we, it was like a it was like a huge bingo sheet and we needed one we needed like B4 mm-hmm. and we're just like before whatever and we do our little handshake or whatever thing that we have and then second before gets called or whatever mm-hmm. you know this is also the person who uh, who uh, was my vice president so mm-hmm. while we were looking for fundraisers like we were looking for this manager of this one place and we're like imagine if it's that guy walking out of the store or whatever and then we walk into the store and ask for the manager and sure enough it was that guy who just yeah. walked out but just weird things like that yeah have always happened like you yeah. see god in there and it and it always and there's always like a little lesson i feel like happening there i do t- i have had a lot of those things through my yeah. life right and then but when i talk about them with some people that don't believe they were like okay so god like my diamond fell out of my ring years ago and it means something to me because this is the ring my mom and dad and they're divorced um had and so this diamond was the diamond my dad bought my mom you know 58 years ago so to me that's irreplaceable and um long story short is donating or bringing food to people in two different counties or two different cities on a snowy night in an asphalt parking lot i had been and i looked down in one of those houses and it was gone and i was just heartbroken because i knew it's gone there's no way right and my friend said, don't worry, I think it's going to be here. And I'm like, no. Anyway, in the middle of her kitchen floor, like, like it was crazy, right? And I remember thinking, oh, God loves me. And I was kind of flippant about it. But I mean, I wasn't flippant, I was grateful. When I say flippant is when I shared that with somebody who doesn't believe, they said, that's bullshit, is what they told me. Because what about the person, the, the little kid that's praying to not be beat up or abused? 
Or what about all these awful things that go on? But sure, God cares about your diamond, Kathy. Or your rudder falling off. Yeah. Or, do you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, you're right. I mean, uh, so I am getting less flippant. Like, I don't pray for parking spots anymore. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure God's not in that business. Okay. Yeah. But has I've, have I felt like he's intervened personally? Yeah, once in a while. I really can't deny it. And I don't have an answer why sometimes. Because I've lost people, too. There's times he didn't intervene. Many mm-hmm. times. So, I don't know. It's a mystery to me to figure that out. I think... I think little situations like that show you that he is there and that's solely what they are meant for. But as far as the little kid praying that he won't be up, be beaten, I think that in a sense, because whatever happens to us makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every situation that God puts us in is necessary for the ultimate life that we will live. You know, every, like I was saying, yes, I prayed for all those people to be okay. I prayed so long for good things to happen into my life. And a lot of times when they wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I would blame God. And that wasn't the answer. The, I understood after I went through that. So maybe, Mm. maybe in this hypothetical scenario that this kid who was beaten while he was Mm -hmm. five years old, went to the army and then got captured by, I don't know, like mm. like someone or whatever, and then... I was able to deal with it easier yeah. because of what he went but through. But see, like, some things like that are necessary to, to make you learn. God makes you learn all the time. Mm-hmm. And yes, you may be praying not for this bad thing to happen to you, but if it does, as hard as, as weird as it sounds, it's, it was, it's, it was a fact of life, and it... Mm-hmm. And it didn't need to happen, mm-hmm. but it did. And the important part is not to look at it and say, my life is horrible because of this. Mm-hmm. It is to learn from it and to make it better and get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. It is, yes, you know, say you're being bullied in school or whatever, and, you know, you're being beaten, but just to get just that strength Mm-hmm. to get out of it, you know, and I think... Plus, I bet you have a compassion for young people being bullied. Yeah. Like that somebody wouldn't who hadn't experienced that. Mm-hmm. You know? I know I, I almost lost my four-year-old to cancer, but... And I remember being okay with him dying, as terrible as that sounds. I got a peace. Like, my miracle was the peace that I got to let go of him and know he was going to die. And mm-hmm. then he didn't die, and he's 27. But... It doesn't mean life has been easy or a cakewalk yeah. or, you know, but then I've done funerals for parents who prayed that their baby would, wouldn't die. And, and he did of the same type of brain cancer. So, so why, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things we don't understand mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, to be put in the spot to come up with an explanation, I think is a little bit above my pay grade sometimes, you know, yeah. but I do feel that pressure at mm-hmm. times with atheist friends of mine or, um, Okay, Gabby, then explain this, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I'm trying to learn a reverence and a respect to not be so flippant to attribute everything I like to God. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not not deny that there's a mystery and there's something beautiful that works yes. on my behalf sometime. And I am going to fucking acknowledge it. Forgive me. But it's like, yeah. You know? And you it's should. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You should appreciate what life gives you. Yeah. If you don't appreciate the little mm-hmm. things that happen in your life, then mm-hmm. 
it's kind of it's demeaning in a sense, you know. Yeah, like I um, grew up with them with a um, relationship with my mother was really hard, um, and to this day, it's 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 pretty much non-existent. And yes, it's a source of rejection, but it made me be the mom I always wanted to be. So it was that lesson, like mm -hmm. the beginning of our talk, either to love or a lesson, right? People yep. are brought in. And so it taught me what I didn't want to do. And so it was this great playbook, right? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe if I would have just had normal quasi, I would just be a normal quasi. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But because I had loss in this, this made me not make sure my children don't have that. Yeah. So I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm at the end of my life, you know? Yeah, and I I do think an important part is to acknowledge is, like, for instance, because because you went through your, your four-year-old son having brain cancer, now you can relate to other people mm -hmm. with the exact same situation. Mm -hmm. And as, as hard as that sounds, because you went through it, you mm -hmm. are now able to help mm -hmm. others and be there with others like to me I think of if every day of my life I was I was born I was told I'm amazing I'm beautiful I'm all these good things and throughout my life I never had to deal with the hardship mm -hmm. I feel like I wouldn't want that life mm -hmm. I wouldn't at all because now that I have been through all this stuff I can I can talk about it with other people mm -hmm. and be able to have intelligent conversations about things like mm -hmm. this, be able to talk about bullying, be able to yeah. talk about death. And if I, and if I never experienced that as hard as it was, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't tell, I can talk about it with others and relate to them. So back to the God, mm -hmm. not helping the child is being beaten. Mm -hmm. As hard as this sounds, when he grows up, mm -hmm. he can, he can talk about that kind of things and he can relate to his friend you know, because you never, you never know, really. Mm -hmm. I, there was a book called The Boy Called It. It was a really bestseller. It's been probably 20 years before you were born, sorry. <laughs> but it was a severe, horrific abuse, okay? Yeah. But he became an adult and wrote this book, and it became national bestseller, and it, it reached out to so many kids who were in that same position, so I can see that. And I do remember being the mom of a four-year-old with cancer, and I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody I wanted to talk to another mom whose kid had cancer. I didn't want to talk to a mom whose kid had the chicken pox. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's like I wanted somebody that was going through what I was going through. And it was hard for me at that time to find people like that. Mm -hmm. So I have spent my life trying to comfort and support people going through that. And I wouldn't have if that wouldn't have been on my radar. Right? right. Yeah. So I am grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for I, what happened to us and what we went through. Yeah. And I can see how God... God... God, I mean, God didn't intervene, mm -hmm. and you know, like he's, you know, you still went through that. Mm -hmm. But now, I'm sure maybe you can see how it it wasn't a a good thing that happened, but it was a good thing. Good stuff of, came out of yes. it. Yes, or we grew yes. through it. Yes, right? yeah, and I think I think that's the end result. Whether people do believe or don't believe in God, looking at this life as an opportunity for growth and development yes and i have to say bobby i'm impressed that you at 18 want to look you're looking at college as an opportunity to grow and develop not everybody does that college is a time just to get away and party and be drunk you know which i, I don't blame you you know people have that little time but 
I really see you searching for the meaning and the truth and the direction you should go. And it's beautiful. I love it because you. You, you, you're ahead of the game is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Some people my age or older still don't look at life like that. They're either whining about how shitty their life has been still after 50, 60 years or just like oblivious, you know, or in a little bubble. And how beautiful to say, okay, this wasn't hard. That wasn't hard. I remember when Josiah was dying, I was feeling very uh, selfish or, or mad. And I remember saying, why me? And this voice kind of came to me, why not you? Why not you and someone else? Why should someone else have to suffer like this, but not you? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I get that. And then I remember when he was recovering and he was in ICU, I looked across the aisle and there was a woman. I thought, I have the worst situation there is. I have a four-year-old with brain cancer. They don't know what to do with, blah, blah, blah. Across the aisle of the ICU was this lady who had a large son. He was like, you know, in his 20s. He was a man. And she was helping to clean him up. And I talked to her later and she goes, yeah, my son has been brain damaged since he's one. He's never told me thank you. He's never talked to me normally. And I thought 21 years, that mom like changed a diaper and talked to her son with so much love and care with no return. That is so much worse than what I'm going through. Cause my little four year old's going, mommy, will you lay with me? You know, he's mouthing it, even though I couldn't hear it cause of tubes. I love you, hold my hand. You know, he could respond to me. He, I went from feeling like my life is the worst to like, oh my God, there's always somebody who's suffering worse, no matter how awful the situation is. And um, that was a lesson for me. Like. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to feel sorry for ourselves, right? And just... Yeah, but it's okay yeah. to, to feel like that. Because yeah. I certainly did, but I know yeah. what I went through. Um, not only did other people share similar experiences, but there's a lot worse out there. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's okay to, to feel sorry for yourself, mm -hmm. but just know that life isn't, isn't, isn't over. You know, yeah. like, you can, you can continue and you can... And you can grow, mm -hmm. you know, loving, loving lessons. Yeah. That's the why only reason. Come in. Yeah. That's beautiful. And to not waste our opportunities for growth. That's what I'm getting out of this with you is that I'm impressed. I see that you don't want to waste an opportunity to grow and to learn. And you look at life and your new life here at school and whatever yeah. you're going to do in the future, you're going to get new opportunities to learn mm -hmm. every that's, day of your life. Mm -hmm. And there'll be. I heard that, I don't know, some famous poet I should know, but it's like, this is your life. Beautiful things and horrible things are going to happen. Yep. But it's your life. What are you going to do with it? Yes. I don't know. And you should always take every opportunity you get because mm -hmm. whether it, it turns out good or bad, you know, you, you'll learn from it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, mm -hmm. um, I recently, um, I recently, like, went on a road trip because um, what my, what my, uh, friends do is every other month we go visit their families or whatever and mm -hmm. see their hometown oh and yeah. uh i don't know if you remember in my be at my best speech what i told you about uh how we went to the jesus cave yes yes, yeah. yes yeah 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 yes That's and so cool. steven's point you yeah. know someone built like a half a mile long jesus cave yeah and going to that and just exploring you know mm -hmm. like that was an opportunity that i took my friends and i Decided three days in meeting each other that we were going to go on a road trip and we went to a random place 
and it turned out amazing. And you know what? I'm glad I took that opportunity, such as, like, mm -hmm. this opportunity with the podcast. I'm glad mm -hmm. I took it. Mm -hmm. I mean, other opportunities, you know, it wasn't so great. You know, my I went on my last road trip. Um, I was, I was pretty, I, I, to be honest, I shouldn't have gone because I, I was, I was really sick. I, like, mm -hmm. I had this weird flu, flu bug where I had body aches and chills. Mm -hmm. Uh, however... I knew I would throw it off in like three days. Mm -hmm. So I went on the trip and I spent the whole way there, you know, feeling like shit and everything. And then mm -hmm. the next day when I got better, because I knew I was, I just know my own body. Um, I had an awesome time, you know. Mm -hmm. And just even taking the opportunities that are bad sometimes can turn into mm -hmm. good ones. And just to power through stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just anything mm -hmm. to, to really grow myself and my awareness is everything and experiences mm -hmm. I, I pet a horse for the first time mm -hmm. that was really cool awesome yeah it was a giant so what i'm getting is you you have a bucket list that's not even fully developed yet yes right like like so you didn't even know that was on your bucket list right? yeah so it's cool i you mean you just don't experience yeah, i mean i got to kiss ozzy osbourne and it is a like on the cheek of course but as like as a church lady for so many years and a homeschool mom that would have never on my bucket list, but it's something I'm so proud of. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like joining a fraternity. Never yeah, on my bucket list. Absolutely. But you just you just do it for the experiences yeah. and I took the opportunity and to to grow and be different. Yeah. Um That's beautiful. And that's a that's a real gift of, of life, I feel like. It is the gift of life. Yeah, to just grow and learn through love and lessons. That's great, Bobby. I yeah. appreciate you. Mm -hmm. I think we did it. I think this is good. Thank you, man. I wish you the best. Yep, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Give Me One Reason. If you're interested in contacting us or being on the show, please go to givemeonereason.org or call Kathy Taylor at 608-728-3284. I thought I was going to hell because I didn't understand the things the church would tell.